see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. Everybody say going down y'all welcome back to the fuck this shit podcast it is your host dre once again as always we start the podcast off the same way every time thank you for taking the time out to listen thank you for all the engagement with the social media which has been phenomenal by the way thank y'all so much for that i appreciate it more than you know if you're not already following us on all the social media platforms we on facebook at FTS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at Fuck This Shit Pod. Make sure you tuned into all of that. If you're not already following the podcast on your listening platform, go ahead and click follow on your listening platform so that you can get all the notifications when I drop new shit for you. You feel me? If you have not already left a review, let me remind you that that is the dopest free shit you can do for a player pimp. So please leave me five stars. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. If you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, I will read that on the podcast for everyone. Give me a nice little boost to feel good and let everybody else know how dope you think I am. You feel me? Um, if you are not already subscribed, there is an option to subscribe to the podcast for four ninety nine. Those who subscribe will receive a bonus episode every week as well as access to over 35 bonus episodes that have already been curated. So go ahead and tap that link and get this extra shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with that being said, we got a new subscriber over the weekend. Insert noise voice. Make some noise. You feel me? Make some noise. You know what I'm saying? Type shit. Um. Shout out to my guy Jacoby. Appreciate you on that uh, on that subscription. You know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all hop on there. You know, when you subscribe, I'll be sure to shout you out on the podcast because I love that energy and I appreciate the fuck out of it. Um, yeah, man. I think that's it. I think that's all the, the little introductory stuff we got for the podcast. So, you know, I feel like it ain't really no point in us not talking about the elephant in the room here because god damn did Will Smith slap the shit out of Chris Rock. It isn't even really any point in me doing a segue or trying to make this a segment. This isn't going to be what the full episode was about because I already had an episode for y'all today. But then this shit happened and I was not going to not talk about the fact that Will Smith stood up, walked over to that man and slapped fire out of him. It was incredible. I don't even know... I, I, okay, so it's like, I don't agree with it. Um, I don't agree with it so much as I understand it. When I when I first saw it happen, y'all, I'll tell y'all what stood out to me. Or my first thought was, like, damn, that's really crazy that a motherfucker be under that much stress like okay forever for as long as i can remember within the black community talking about will and jada's relationship has just been something that we do they swingers the will bisexual jada be cheating on will like all of this stuff none of this started with red table talk 
in the black community, we've been saying this shit. Their relationship has been weird to black people for a really, really long time. The way they raise their kids has been weird to black people for a really, really long time. Um, we just also, as a community, have a ton of respect and admiration for Will. So it's kind of like a lot of that stuff goes by the wayside, but we still talk about it. It still gets jokes made about it. And what I saw the other night was a nigga who was tired of motherfuckers talking about his family, was tired of people playing on his name like he wasn't that guy. You know what I'm saying? I think that was Will's issue. I think that's why he got up there and really went left like that. It wasn't about an isolated incident. And I feel like most situations like that are not. Like very rarely is something that extreme caused by what you're actually seeing in the moment. You're looking at one of Hollywood's biggest actors walking up to one of Hollywood's biggest comedians at the largest award show, movie award show, uh, sorry, movie award show possibly in the world and slapping the shit out of that man on camera for making a joke about his wife that, by the way, he didn't even write. Like Chris Rock did not write the jokes. He just read it because the Oscar writers wrote the jokes. Um, a few things about that. Um, I think it is crazy how we really got Chris Rock's real life reaction in real time because the way he like pauses and he's like, Will Smith, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. It's like he is in complete and utter disbelief that this is occurring to him right now. Like, there's no way possible that Will Smith just walks up here and slap me on the Oscar stage. Like, that's not what just happened to me. Well, oh, my friend, it is what happened to you. It is exactly what happened to you. And I seen somebody else at Luke this whatever. Chris Rock has a joke where he's pretty much like, no matter how far you get in life, no matter who you are, nobody's beyond getting their ass whooped. Hey, <laughs> I think you done learn that one the hard way, huh? But I mean, again, it wasn't even my nigga fault. My nigga like, bro, I'm at work. You it's like Chris Rock is like, you You could have been, you would have been better off slapping the McDonald's employee for saying, welcome to McDonald's, gotta take your order. Like, I just said what I said because they told me to say it. But, yeah, I think Will was just tired of that shit, man. Like, y'all think I'm a bitch. And I think that's really where that energy came from. I feel like Will has been feeling, he got to have been feeling like this for a while. Like y'all think I'm pussy. Y'all be talking about me and my wife and my kids and all of this shit because y'all think I'm pussy and I ain't no pussy ass nigga. Shit ain't sweet. My nigga, I'll come up here and I'll, and this is what I'll say. Number one, I had a brief moment of enjoyment watching Will Smith slap Chris Rock, but it was only brief. Ultimately, seeing two high-profile black men get into any kind of altercation at all in a situation like that ain't no shit that I ever want to see. I just don't. I feel like it does more damage than good to both of them. It, it paints both of them in a light that I feel like isn't true or isn't. Okay, so I feel like Will Smith is gonna be is gonna have to eat something off of this for the rest of his career it will always be a knock on will smith for this and i'm almost 100 percent sure they took his oscar he won the oscar and i think they took it from him because of what happened so it's just kind of like he's already starting to see the the downside of his actions um 
Sorry, I'm I'm googling this because I want to know. Okay, it just says that the Oscars. Yeah, right now it's saying it will explore further action and consequences. Let's see. Officially, consequences according to bylaws. Yeah, basically, it's saying that they haven't made any decisions. That they're just gonna look over it now. Uh, the uh, the Oscar Academy or whatever the fuck you call them. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took his Oscar at the end of this. To be real, um, because it's to me and like an an actor like Will Smith, who objectively should have had an Oscar already. This is Will Smith's first Oscar first and i haven't seen king richard but from what i've heard it wasn't even his best performance like he's had much better performances than the king richard performance it's almost like uh like they gave him this on some like yeah you're right you should have had one a long ass time ago we got to give you one for something and it's like nah nigga don't give me no consolation prize give me the award i really fucking won give me my oscar for fucking pursuit of happiness sir whatever else you want or whatever else was seven pounds or whatever other will smith performance was like up there on your list like that but you know whatever um luckily for will chris rock dropped the charger he refused to press charges which i think is is super dope and i think it shows one of two things possibly both at minimum it shows that chris rock is more than aware of how willing the system is to take down a powerful black man given any ammunition to do so and if Chris Rock wanted to press charges, they'd have had no problem making Will Smith an example as to why they don't care if you're famous. You can't you can't behave this way. You know what I'm saying? And they just do us worse when it comes to stuff like that. And I felt like it was crazy that Chris Rock was still feeling inclined to protect Will Smith after an encounter like that. I think it also shows Chris Rock's understanding that of of Will Smith's character to a point where it's like for him to have done something like this so out of character he had to have been in a place that is just not not him you know I, I think that that had a lot to do with why Chris Rock let it go and then also you know he has a family as well and I think he understood as a man sometimes you go too far from your family sometimes you take a leap and it's it's a little bit too far you, you you really cross a line. And I think that that was his way of protecting Will. Now, here's the thing that I will say, though. And this is something that, that popped up on my Facebook. I shared it on my Facebook. And I've had a hard time articulating this throughout. But I've always, always hated Jada for Will. I, not always, but like ever, really ever since she got Red Table Talk. Before then, it was like, oh, they have their own little eccentric relationship, but they love each other so great, right? But then, like, when she starts to talk more about it, for me, it's just that Jada be in Jada's corner. She do not be in Will's corner to me. It's it's certain shit that Jada has said that knowing how famous your husband is, it's just, like, we didn't need to know that you cheated on your husband with your son's friend. And that y'all still together and that there was a point in time where y'all was all basically living in a house together while you was fucking on this on your son's friend while still married to your husband. 
It's just like, we didn't need to know that. Nothing, no one, I don't feel like any healing came from that. It was just messy and it just made Will look like a bitch. And then to make him come on your show while you still blow smoke up his ass, really, I just didn't like that vibe at all. And I don't feel like that's the only time when Jada has said some things or put Will in positions where he's like kind of out to drive for nothing. And so the post I read, the post I'm talking about, it says... I just wish Jada would have reached out and grabbed Will's arm before he went up on that stage to protect him as well. She never protects him. She could have used her power as his wife to calm him down before things got to this point. Not because she wouldn't have wanted him, not because she wouldn't have wanted to be defended and protected by her man, as it says as all women do, but obviously most women or whatever. Um, but because her role as his wife is to protect the heart of her man as well. In recent years and perhaps throughout the whole marriage, for all we know, because we only know what they show us. She hasn't really done that well. Marriage is a two-way street, or should be. She's been taunting this man for some time through her own actions, entanglements, etc. The humiliation, embarrassment, shame, guilt, disdain, and disappointment in himself that he will now yet again have to endure at her expense, while noble, may prove to be very detrimental, a very detrimental breaking point for an already mentally and emotionally vulnerable man. And that was extremely evident tonight. I'm worried about him and the after effect of all this. Now, there are some parts of that post that I feel like are a little too, uh, they like lean a little bit too hard into the idea that like a woman is supposed to like, like her job is to keep her man from getting into shit basically. But, I do believe that it is your partner's job both ways to do what you can to keep each other in the best position to be happy, to be successful. Um, I feel like uh, in general, men can be quick to anger in situations where we shouldn't be. And it is extremely beneficial to have a partner who can see those moments in you and kind of give you some clarity as to how you should better handle this situation instead of just reacting so so strongly um and i'm not i i who's to say that she knew what will was going to do specifically but i just feel like you got to know that man well enough to know that he's not going up there to give chris rock a hug and it's a history it's a pattern thing with her to me and i i hate to I don't actually hate to do because honestly, it is it's my it's my opinion, and I feel more uncomfortable scrutinizing Will for his actions because Will isn't the one who consistently puts his business on Front Street. Jada wants they she wants to do red table talk and she feels like being that open and honest about herself and her relationships and her journey can help other people. That's fine, but you got to understand that once you take that, you leaving yourself wide open for people to criticize and scrutinize you. I got a whole podcast that is basically about my life. I'm more than aware that there will be times or there will there will be a time or maybe multiple times where people want to then pick apart what I have put out here for people to pick apart and put their own commentary out regarding it. That's that's their prerogative. I set myself up for that. I knew the rules. I knew what was possible when I got into this. And I'm not Jada and I'm not Will. I'm not famous. So I don't really feel bad for looking at Jada from what she says she is as a wife and from what we've seen as her of a wife. And just 
have caution to say. Or not caution, but but just, you know, have the have the opinion that you don't find ensuring that you're like you don't feel like you have any duty or responsibility to maintain your husband's image. And okay, maybe you don't. Maybe that's not maybe that's the thing. Maybe she's like, well, I don't. And I guess that's cool if that's cool for you. But personally, I can't be up here willing to slap the fuck out of a nigga on national television for somebody who not willing to tell me it's a bad look. You know? So that's everything I really got to say about that. I, I It's not really a funny story to me. Um, It's niggas making all kinds of memes and jokes. And the memes is funny. I'm not going to act like, you know, oh, this is serious. I don't laugh at that. Like, no, the memes, when they funny, they funny. And if they funny, I laugh. But as a whole, to just really break it down and talk about it, I only saw one black man jeopardize his career to physically attack another black man who was just doing his job at the end of the day uh, for his wife, who historically I have seen not be willing to show him that same level of support. And, you know, like you said, we don't know everything. You don't know the ins and outs of their relationship. But that's that's what I saw. I saw Will go out there and lay it all on the line for somebody who don't do shit, but put that man business out and whatever. So, and talk about how much she still loved Tupac. Like, I just can't with her. I just, she just don't do it for me, dog. Like, if my girl is out here on some Jada shit, y'all could just, you could keep her. She not my girl, bro. She too, she Tupac girl. She gonna leave, she gonna leave Will for Juicy Smoothie because he wants to be the gay Tupac and that's gonna be the closest she could get. And fuck her, bro. I'm not. Yeah. I blame Jada. That's all I'm saying. With all of this situation, I blame Jada. Free my nigga Will. We gonna have a short break. Or I'm we gonna have a short break. Uh. Yeah. I'm gonna put a short break in this motherfucker and I'll be back with today's segment of Real Nigga Storytime. Real nigga. Story time. Real nigga story time. All right, y'all. So for this, before we get real nigga story time started, you know what I'm saying? It's still my birthday week. My birthday was Sunday. I'm doing my birthday Sunday to Sunday. Usually I do it leading up to, but because my birthday was kind of weak yesterday, I'm starting that bitch over. I'm starting the whole birthday week over. I don't give a fuck, nigga. Run it back, bitch. So, let's take a shot before we do real nigga story time as a unit. I know a lot of y'all listen to this on your commute. Don't take a shot with me if you're on your way to work. You know what I'm saying? But all the rest of y'all, pull up. <laughs> um... Today's real nigga story time is brought to you by a nigga that I work with at one of my jobs. The shitty one. It's important to know. Um, a little while ago, whatever, we was talking about something or whatever, and I, I like mentioned the podcast, or whatever. He was like, Oh, you got a podcast? I'm like, Yeah, I do. So he's like, Oh, you know, shoot me the link. I want to check it out, whatever, whatever. So I shoot him the link. I'm saying this a couple of weeks ago. And uh you know, the day passes. The day comes and goes or whatever. 
and a few weeks passed by and I've seen him once or twice, but I haven't really got a chance to talk to him. So, you know, people will ask you about what you do all the time. Like if you have a pack podcast or if you make music, if you, if you create any kind of content, people will ask you about it and they'll ask you for the link and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna check it out. And sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. It's just life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sure some of y'all have, a uh, told somebody that you was going to check that shit out and you never did. And not necessarily for no animus or anything, but we all just have busy lives. And sometimes you just get caught up in your own shit. So, when he hadn't said nothing, I just kind of assumed, you know, maybe he never checked it out, whatever. But I'm not no bugaboo ass nigga. I'm like, but did you listen yet? Did you listen yet? Like, you know, that's weird. So, uh, I'm like, you know, whatever. Well, then, maybe a few days ago, I go out and I see him. And he's like, hey, man, I've been wanting to tell you, I really fuck with your podcast, man. Like. I really, really fuck with it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's telling me all this stuff. He's like, man, it's just like, he's like, sometimes you'll be talking and you'll be like, do you ever feel like X, Y, Z, dot, dot, dot? He said, and I'll be on the other side. Like, yes, bro. Like, I exactly how I be feeling. And I was just like, man, no lie, y'all. Like, I'm over there cheesing this shit all extra. Like, really? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it does feel good. Obviously, I love hearing, you know what I'm saying, how much people fuck with the podcast or why they fuck with the podcast or, you know, any of that shit. It's dope to know that, like, you bringing some value to a motherfucker's day with something that you do. It's it's cool. So uh, I was just feeling good as fuck off that shit, y'all. I really was, like, just on a high. And then he starts talking to me about, his new job and he's talking to me about his new job y'all and he's like yeah bro like it's just so much better like <laughs> if the crazy thing is or whatever is that he's like it's just like they treat you like you're actually a person like they know that you are a human being not just someone who works for them he was talking about how his boss had had brought him in and was like, hey, you know, I just want you to know uh, I don't want you to just feel like I'm your boss. You know, if you come to work I, I, or no, no, no. His boss told him, you know, I don't want you to feel like this is the kind of place where, you know, you need to leave everything at the door when you come into work. And, you know, all this is about is just, you know, getting the job done, whatever, whatever. Um, She's like, uh, you know, if you got some some stuff going on outside of work and you need to you need to talk about it or you just need to or, you know, you got things going on. She's like, you know, make sure you come in here and talk to me about it. Uh, you know, we don't want you to be here feeling like you have to pretend like your personal life doesn't exist because you're at work. And that to me is just so crazy. Like the when he's t- telling me about it, y'all, like the way that you could tell that he's just like feels so valued, like. Man, dog, and she's saying this and blah, 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 blah. And then that's when he finally said, you know, and it's crazy that it, that he even said that, whatever he's like, but it's like they actually treat you like a person, like a human being. And the 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 joy that that brought my nigga, bro, like it just made me realize that we all feel that so much in a lot of these jobs where we feel like we just get abused but like they don't like we expend all this effort and energy from motherfuckers who look at us like yeah you lazy and you not trying you know what i'm saying i think that it's difficult mentally to really enter that space day after day after day and to need that but because we live in this capitalist society where quitting is not really an option like you just be trading in one master for another basically 
you just get stagnant and you stay in one place. And then for people who've had a lot of jobs, you're like, I've had more bosses who were like that than bosses who gave a fuck about me. So like, why would I roll the dice with a new job when this is just like the experience of working type shit? Um, and it's just crazy. You don't realize how much that weighs down on you. And I didn't even realize it until I was talking to him and just seeing how it's like you could tell he just felt so light. Um, I know the money that we make waiting tables. And I know he said he got a job working for the city. I don't think he's done with his degree yet, though. I think he's still in school because he's a, he's a younger dude. I think he's either, he's either still in school or didn't go to school. I've never heard him say anything about having a degree and i'm only saying that to say that i think that he's taking a pay cut for that job i genuinely think that he's losing money by taking that job but he's just so much more comfortable there he has such a bigger sense of fulfillment there that it's worth it and man i understand it it's just crazy that that a job can have that much impact on you. Um, it's, it's just wild to me. I, I I wanted to talk about this, and I don't I don't know. Maybe real nigga story time isn't the the right space. Maybe I should have swapped it. Maybe I should have talked about Fasayo, and I could have made real nigga story. But I don't think there are any. I mean, like, yeah, there's really no real niggas in the wheel. Chris Rock's like, like Chris Rock, I guess, for not filing charges, like. Will's a real nigga like he's not like he's not like not a real nigga anymore because of what he did but that wasn't a real nigga moment you let you you got in your feelings about something you shouldn't have and made a mistake it was a mistake that we all got to see I mean every even players fuck up so I'm not ready to throw Will in the trash or even really spend a lot of time talking about the mistake that he made but it wasn't worthy of real nigga story time in my opinion it just wasn't um I thought my guy Obviously, reaching out to me, telling me how much he fuck with the podcast, that made a nigga feel great. I was like, oh, really? Ha. That is what's up. Makes a nigga smiling ear to ear right now. It's making me feel like this is not for nothing, which I already feel like it's not. Um, But yeah, and then just him talking to me about the job, I wanted to ask him, like, man, have you got far enough back to listen to Fuck the Bosses? Because... You know, you started listening kind of recent. I don't know if you got fucked the boss. Fuck the bosses part one is only available for the people who pay the four ninety nine to subscribe anyway. So, if you're not a subscriber, you can't even listen to the original fuck the bosses. You can only listen to part two. I think you might not even be able to listen to part two. Yeah, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, you can't see all the locked episodes. But the people on Spotify can see all the episodes that they missing that are locked. Um. So yeah, just another moment in the middle of this to tell you, you know, it's worth it for the four ninety nine. I ain't just trying to get you to give me your money for nothing, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, uh that is all I have for the real nigga story time segment. I feel like it wasn't a it wasn't nothing too too crazy or too long. It's just something that I did want to talk about though. Um so yeah. I will Take a short break, and then we will be right back. All right, y'all. So, admittedly, this is going to be one of uh, one of the more random episodes that we've had in a while. Um, I'll be honest with y'all. Tuesday ran the fuck up on your boy this week. Um, 
I did have my birthday this weekend. I ain't really do shit like that or whatever, but it's still kind of just jumbled shit up enough to where I didn't realize that it was already about to be time to have to do this. And I haven't really been tuned in to the world around me in a real way to uh to have really like thought of any like thing in particular I wanted to do today. There's still a few like big episodes that I wanted to do. Like I still got plenty of ideas for the podcast. I don't want y'all to feel like I'm running out. But I don't want to do them yet. Like it's I don't know, it's hard to explain. Some some things I just feel like I'm waiting on an opportunity for them to like slide into some other shit. So Anyway, but with that being said, there is one thing that I kind of wanted to talk to y'all about, which is um, what what I've I touched on this on an episode not long ago, actually. And I don't remember if it was a bonus episode or a free episode, um, but it was uh, is the phrase is black trauma porn. Um, I think I did because it was the Kentaji Brown Jackson episode. That's the one. I think it was a free episode. That's the one when I had said something all about that. But basically, it's like this genre of content that is basically just horrific things happening to the black community. And I know in your mind, you're thinking like, this isn't content. Like, it's not content when... A black man gets murdered by the police. But that's the thing, y'all. It actually is. And that's kind of the gross part about it. And that's also probably one of the main reasons why I was not really interested in continuing to make that a significant basis of the podcast. Um, it, All tragedy is content in the news. Um. There's an old slogan for newspapers. If it bleeds, it reads. Um, And I'm sure there's tons of other uh, catchphrases and things like that from the content creation industry that basically say that people like to look at appalling things. They like to see. Well, I won't even say like to see. They are drawn to to watch or are drawn to consume these kinds of media. So I actually think that this is really a uh, I think that that's a really good way to look at it as far as like the black community in particular is concerned with this type of content. That's just what I'm going to call it, because in, in, in this instance, that's what is being used at. And that's why it's so problematic to me. But this sort of content is so detrimental, in my opinion, to black people and and in truth. I hope I don't lose my thought on this sidetrack, but I actually do want to make this point. I completely understand that even as a white person or a person of any ethnicity who is aware of like the actual reality of the world around you, in the sense of like, yeah, there are these tragedies that occur in other communities that are genuinely based on like historical things and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, when you see these things happen, I know that you see injustice, right? And I also, I also, 
I also know that depending on like just your level of empathy individually, it doesn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily tied to your ethnicity. Depending on your level of empathy, just seeing those kind of horrors happen to another human being is still sickening enough that it can be negatively impactful to consistently consume that type of media. I tend to believe that the more proximity you have to black people, however, the greater these issues will impact you emotionally because it will not just be this happened to a human being. It starts to feel like this could happen to me. This could happen to, you know, my son. This could happen to, you know, my daughter. You know, this could happen to my mom. So it's like way more personal and it starts to feel like it develops, it it creates a sense of anxiety, in my opinion, that something could or always will happen to you or people who you care about just based on how you look and where you live. And as naive as it can be, I think that it's mentally It protects you mentally as a black person to be able to exist in a world where you aren't constantly seeing this. So you're not constantly thinking about how it could be like when you think about the impact that like stress and anxiety has on like your heart and your like actual body and your physical health. I'm saying that. That is the issue with this genre of content being pushed so much and for black people in particular to consume it. And that's just my opinion. It is, it it is, that it is literally just my opinion. I don't have the data to back this up. I didn't look it up. I'm not running some secret study in my non-existent basement. It's just what I think from my personal experience and just from what I've seen. But I do think that that content repeatedly watching that shit and repeatedly hearing about it and all of that stuff it 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 breaks you down a little bit and it makes you bitter it makes you angry and it's 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 crazy because some of that is necessary in my opinion it's hard for me to really tell other black people what they should do i'm really just telling y'all why i have the approach that i have um I feel like some you need some of that anger because that anger is what drives that civil unrest. Those when you see people protest and all of that shit, that anger is what what drives that. And the anger is 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 uh it's earned. I don't I don't know the word I'm looking for right now. It's it's uh fuck. I cannot think of the word I'm looking for right now. It's a but but whatever it is, it's a response to something real. It's not it's necessary and it's it's valid. It's not bullshit, right? Um, and also, in my opinion, it creates the pressure necessary to get other things done uh, in a way. Um, you know, I, I got a I personally what I would have liked to see when uh, 
Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema want to want to hold shit up. Like I'd like to see motherfuckers go 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 to West Virginia and go pull up to Arizona and the places where they represent people and start making shit uncomfortable for them. Like, hey, get your mans. We wouldn't be here if your mans wasn't stopping the bread up. Like, I don't think some of y'all know. Like, for real, for real, d- Democrats do a terrible job of messaging and actually saying what they're gonna do for people and all that other stuff or whatever. But just if y'all have a moment and you're not doing shit, if you happen to be at home and you haven't already done this, go look at what was supposed to be in Build Back Better the first time. Like when they first brought Biden's other plan, not the infrastructure bill, but the other one that didn't get through, the reason why you're not getting your child tax credit anymore. But when they brought that second bill, go look at what was in it. It was a lot of really really good stuff in that bill no cap not a biden dick writer not a biden fan don't even really like the guy but they really had a smoker with that bill bro like that was like a really big social bill that would have absolutely created a little bit more equity in a world where i don't know how you convince white people to just outright give things to black people even though they owe it to us 110 percent. i just don't know how you get from a to b so until someone figures that out which by the way i'm all for us trying to figure out like i'm not saying oh we'll we'll just have to take what we could get no i'm just saying like until we figure out how to get the big thing whenever white people just just hear this out niggas this is this is just me the white people who are listening now you in on some shit i'm not talking to you right now I'm just talking to the other niggas. The people are when they want to do stuff for poor white people, just take it. Just say, OK, and let them do it because it's always going to impact us. We're always going to get that because everywhere there are poor white people, there are poor black people because everywhere in America where there are poor people, there are black people. And it sucks that that's the truth, but it is. So anytime you see anything and they are trying to give resources to, they won't give them to communities that they feel like are black. They'll always give them to something that they feel like will hit less black people than it will white people. And you know what? Whatever. That's fine because it's still going to hit some of the black people. Like you can't do things to lift poverty without lifting black people. Ha. You fucked us so bad you can't even help each other without helping us at this point. So just by the way, take all of that it doesn't have to say only for black people that's really actually annoying to me when i watch people say like you know well, what has, has have these administrations done directly for black people and it's like okay maybe they didn't do anything directly for black people even though they owe us that but if the things that they did for all people helped a lot of black people because a lot of black people need help i'm still gonna take them over motherfuckers who don't want to help people does that make sense to you Anyway, I said all this to say that the anger and frustration that builds up in all communities, but the black community in particular, whenever you consistently endure this kind of treatment and you have to watch it over and over and over and over and over again is damaging to me on an individual level i believe it is damaging to all of us on individual level but then also i feel like it can be the catalyst for some of the things that we actually need to accomplish so i don't really know where i stand on the content as a whole to go even deeper with you 
it's like if this shit wasn't on TV, white people would believe white people would swear it doesn't happen. They still want to act like they are isolated incidents. Every it's like we could show you a video of a different nigga getting killed by the police every other day. And you still will be like, oh, these are isolated incidents. Like, no, this is day. This is literally daily, literally daily. When something happens every day, it's daily. It's not it's not an isolated incident. It's like, oh, well, unhinged white men kill unsuspecting black men all the time. Like, it's not a police issue. Like, oh, okay. Like, think about that. I would actually like to see that stat. I would like to see what percentage of black men murdered by white men were murdered by the police. Just out of curiosity. I bet you that that number is higher than it should be. Because when you think about it, if the percentage of people who are police is 5%, then that means that no more than 5% of the, you know what I'm saying? Like no more than 5% of the white men who kill no more than what they represent of the population should be killing black men versus like other people who kill black men. If it's like an equal thing. But if that number is even 20%, if 20% of the black men killed by white men were killed by police, that means that a lot of police is out here killing niggas. Like that's big. Like that's a huge number. But whatever. We'll never get that. We'll never. Anyway. I, uh, yeah, I just, the whole point of bringing it up was just I don't watch it. I refuse to engage in that shit. I just can't. Um, it is for me personally extremely taxing mentally. When I was originally doing this podcast and I was having to like research these stories to do the podcast, that was part of the reason sometimes there would be big gaps in between the podcast because I just could not mentally get myself to do it. And I don't, and don't get me wrong. That wasn't all of it. I in the beginning, I, y'all for y'all who've been here from day one, y'all know it was not always like this. These new niggas is spoiled, bro. These new niggas is spoiled as fuck, bro. Y'all getting multiple episodes per week on the same day every week. Dog, y'all better tell these niggas. Y'all better tell these niggas what season one was like. I think it was eight episodes in season one. Season one spanned like eight, nine months. Y'all better tell these niggas what it was like. Y'all got this good audio quality. These niggas was, we was in a closet with some first generation galaxy buds just thugging it. Crying about niggas dying together. And now we over here laughing. We got jokes and segments and theme songs and shit. Y'all, uh, y'all like them. Y'all new niggas. All y'all who just now listen to the podcast, y'all are like those, uh, y'all are like your mama's youngest uh, kid. For me and my mama's youngest son. Y'all, you might not, if you don't have a lot of siblings, then you won't understand. But niggas who got a lot of siblings, especially if you the oldest, you will know what I mean when I say that these niggas is like your mama's youngest. Like y'all niggas getting everything. You know what I'm saying? We was in the trenches with mama. Mama was over here making making us gourmet ramen noodles. You know what I'm saying? And we over here thinking it's regular to eat ramen noodles for dinner sometimes. And now we like, oh, damn, ramen noodles is a snack. That ramen noodles ain't even lunch. There's not enough calories. Ain't no food in this. This is some shit you eat so you don't die. The fuck? We was eating this in real life? Hey, we was eating... Bruh. 
My mom used to like make us hot dogs and shit for dinner, like chili dogs. I don't think my youngest brother that ever had a chili cheese dog, bro, for dinner. Like my, my like we just so you just gonna boil some hot dogs and put them on some bread with some canned chili and cheese and be like this dinner. These new niggas would never. My 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 second to youngest sister, the my second to youngest sibling is is one of my sisters. She. She don't even eat half the shit in the world. My mama has to like specially provide her with her own meals, basically, or she won't even eat. My nigga, I would just be dead. If if I was on some, I'm not going to eat what's here shit, it'd be like, all right, that's cool. My mama wasn't the abusive type. She wouldn't have beat me or nothing like that, but it would have definitely not been an issue. Like, oh, well, don't worry about it then. Be like, okay, so what are you going to feed me? Be like, uh, I did feed you. You know what I'm saying? My mama was young when she had me. She was. I be thinking about the stuff that I said about my kid when I was young. And I wonder about some of the shit that my mom said about me to her friends when she was young. Like, I was soft when I was a kid. Like, I wonder, was my mama calling me a punk to her friends? Was she like, man, this little punk ass boy. Like, I don't know what's up with him. Like, was I frustrating her? It's like, I know she could get frustrated at times. Like, I can. We all can. It's like, you ever wonder, this is especially just for the niggas who got mamas who had you kind of young. My mom was 19 when she had me. Um, Like, if your mama had you when she was kind of young, so you got to kind of see the more impatient part of her that your younger siblings don't understand. Like, do you ever wonder what she was saying about you when you wasn't around? Like, I don't know. I don't, I would want to, I do want to know. I was, like, afraid of fireworks and shit like that. Like, if I had taken... So, this is what I would tell you. If I had taken Brie to go pop fireworks, and she was, like, running around, crying and afraid of fireworks, I would have been irritated, and I would have been talking shit with my friends the next day. Like, they'd have been like, how was for you? I'd be like, nah, shit, can't do nothing because this scary-ass little girl don't want to pop no damn fireworks. I don't know what the fuck wrong with her. My mom would probably talking about He'd probably be scared of his tail if he was a cat. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't grow up to be a scary nigga, but boy... As a kid. Anyway. Um, I don't even know how we uh, got off on this tangent. Oh, yeah, I do, actually. I was talking about what the podcast used to be versus what it is now and how these new niggas are spoiled. But, yeah. Um, that is, damn, I'm over here looking at the, y'all, I'm looking at the, the time. And we're not done or nothing like that. But I was over here talking about it was going to be a random episode about multiple different things. But I guess it's just about black trauma porn. Man, my nigga, I am good at this. Boy, uh, Millie Rocco, any block. Hey, I'm Millie. I'm sorry, y'all. I had to let y'all. I just want y'all to know that, uh, what's her name? Uh, 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 Kita. Keita Brunson, I think that's her name, the short black girl on from Abbott Elementary. I don't know if y'all remember that. I don't. I think it was probably a vine. It was so old, but it's her, and she's like Millie rocking in front of like all these different like geographical scapes. Like she's like Millie rocking in front of like a picture, a green screen of the Eiffel Tower, and then she's like uh, somewhere else, and then she's like in front of the pyramids, and she's just like, <laughs> I be Millie rocking like that when I get happy, and I be like. In my mind, I'm picturing like the pyramids behind me because I'm on any block. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm <laughs> anyway. But um, yeah, 
back to the original point. Um, uh, that was like a motivating factor in changing the structure of the podcast and what I talk about and how I talk about it was a personal level of I can't keep trying to see the details of why this black person got murdered and how it was cool. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like, do y'all remember how sad some of these stories are? Do y'all remember the story for Elijah McClain? I had to research the story of a young, probably autistic boy. I don't know if they were saying for certain that he was autistic or if he was just like kind of reserved into himself or whatever. I think I think they were saying that he was on the spectrum at some point or whatever, but, uh, to some degree, but it doesn't even fucking matter. But a young nigga who don't be doing nothing but minding his business, trying to play his little music, make other people smile, got this heart of gold type shit, small as fuck, you seeing all these pictures or whatever, basically gets beat the fuck up by these police and shot up with ketamine and then, you know what I'm saying, until he fucking dies. Like, I just, it's it's all too much. And then when you start to take into consideration that it's always something. That's this. This really is why I say that being a black woman has got to be the hardest thing in the world, because there are times when I'll be talking to women of any ethnicity about just existing in the world. And they'll be like, yeah, I can't really do that that way. You know what I'm saying? Simple shit. I'm talking to a girl I work with. And she was talking about how she quit doing Uber Eats because Uber Eats requires the drivers to get a code from the people when they drop the food off to ensure that the food gets delivered to the person. But she's like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. I don't feel safe doing that. Before it was just contactless. I could just put it on their door and leave. You know what I'm saying? Now I got to like interact with all of these different strange people. And like one of them could be a creepy man who steals me. She didn't say all of that. But like that was the implication of what she was saying. That's wild to me that women even have to think about that all the time. But then you you take in what I would only assume women feel. I would assume as a woman it is probably mentally taxing to consistently see like, you know, all the like. I am curious of that, actually, as as women, you know, what I'm saying y'all listen to this, whatever comment you know what I'm saying in the space where you can comment on the podcast, leave a comment uh, and let me know what you think about it um do you avoid content that's kind of centered around the victimization and like brutalization of women like when you see something on netflix that's about you know sex trafficking or just any of the things that you know are are specific to kind of how women are preyed upon in society is it to a point with you where you can't really watch it or do you avoid it or does it cause you any kind of anguish to do so? You know, how does it impact you? Um, I'm genuinely curious. I'm not, I'm not asking that from like, and this is what I think or nothing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just asking you. Uh, uh, so I'm really curious and I would really love for y'all to reach out with that. Um, but just, just my whole point was just under the assumption that it is a similar experience in any way. When you double that up, it's just like, wow, you know, it could be, I can understand how it could be ridiculously overwhelming. It's sad to me. 
um, not maybe sad isn't even the word. It's almost hurtful to me in a way because so many of the people I care about are black women. And to be honest with the way that they have to exist in the world to me makes me question at times how happy they are. You know, like how happy are you? Are you are you okay? Because I know that I'm not always okay. There are days when it just gets too fucking tough and it's it's hard and i i'm a man i still get to be a man i'm tall i'm not ugly i don't think i'm ugly i definitely got pretty eyes and i'm funny and if you're funny then you keep their eyes squinty from laughing so much so they can't see the ugly so i'm gucci really honestly i'm fine um i can command a room um I have a lot of the qualities that people look for in a leader because some of the qualities that people look for in leaders are superficial, like height, like me being six, three, six, four. It makes it easier for me to get people to do stuff. I know it does. One hundred and ten percent. Me being bigger than everyone makes it easier for me to be like, nah, I got this. And niggas be like, oh, maybe he does. It is stupid because it doesn't really apply, but it's true. So, you know, I don't know. The whole point in this whole whole thing was just. It's just I just want to talk about it. I was just curious, like as black people, maybe that'll be the poll. I think that's going to be the poll for this episode. Um, sorry, white people. That you're not included in this poll. You are included in the comments. The Sorry, white men. You're not included in this at all. Because the comment section. Well, you can say anything in the comment section. I want to make that clear. Of every episode on Spotify or Anchor, there's a space where you'll be able to leave any kind of feedback you want. It may be a question posed on there. But honestly, you can leave any comment uh, for the episodes that you want. Matter of fact, I'm not going to put questions on that. It's literally always just going to say, leave a comment about the episode here every single time. But... Um, this poll, that's what the poll will be. It'll be for black people. It'll be about black trauma porn. The question will be, is black trauma porn more dangerous or is it more like, how do you view black trauma porn? Uh, harmful, harmful, emotionally, uh, necessary evil or, um, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. We'll do harmful. See, look, y'all really get to, to be with me when I come through things all the time. So we'll do harmful. Mentally. Um, necessary to prove. It happens and or so we'll do harmful mentally necessary to prove it happens both. Y'all niggas is going to pick both, but I don't want you to pick both. I do want you. No, you can't pick both. That'll be the question. Is black trauma porn more? Harmful mentally or necessary to prove 
Yeah, I got it. I got it. All right, y'all. Sorry. Glad that y'all got to be there for that, though. I'm not cutting that. You get to be in for all of it. Um, That's all for this part of the episode. I'm going to take one more quick break because I want to just kind of break this up and do a little transition. I don't have a white people do this, but I do have a story from this weekend that I want to tell y'all. A matter of fact, it's a real nigga in this story, so we get to have two real nigga story times this week. Real nigga story time. All right, y'all. Um, uh, before I tell y'all the real nigga story, I want y'all to know, niggas start my house plant game. I got twelve house plants in the mail. I threw up a reel on IG. That bitch getting hit up right now. Because they didn't identify none of my plans, y'all. They just gave me 12 plans. I'm like, yo, I've never done this before. Like, can you tell me what to do with these motherfuckers? Like, do they need sunlight? Do they need, like, what do they want? What do I do with them? What kind of bitches did you give me? You know what I'm saying? You're not telling me about them. So, that's how I was feeling initially. Um, So, I put the post up, like, please help, blah, blah, blah. And this girl just reached out and told me what a bunch of them are. So, that's dope. But... I just want y'all to know I'm going to take y'all on that journey with me because I'm over here thinking about doing my houseplant shit. So I'm on YouTube like, okay, how do you care for houseplants? Da, 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 da. Every video. Welcome. My name is insert lady name. You're going to be a new plant mom. I ain't going to be no motherfucking plant mom. I'm a grown ass man. So a man can I'm a man. I can't have no plants. So Larry June lied to me. Larry June just figured out how to water his plants on his own. Is that what happened? Because that's what I thought. I'm trying to live organic. Hey, 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 hey. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, some of y'all not going to get this. A lot of these, this is cultural. But anyway, um, I'm not trying to, I'm about to be, this about to be Dre's jungle in this motherfucker. So I'm about to create a whole new sub, uh, dealings of the podcast instagram i'm gonna take y'all on my journey with my house plants i'm gonna name all of them and shit like that um matter i might make i might make them his own instagram i might make the plants their own instagram because they deserve it i am i'm gonna make the plants dre's jungle is about to have his own instagram but i'm gonna talk to y'all about it on the podcast and let y'all know if it's really helping me on my soothing shit helping your boy out because that's really what i want but anyway so, on to the real nigga story. Um, so, I'm in a bar last night. And I'm by myself. Uh, and, y'all, weird people always want to fucking talk to me. And I'm not the type of motherfucker who really want to talk to people who I think are weird. I, I'm not mean, so I don't be like, get the fuck out of my face. Because you never really know what somebody got going on or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I just saw I don't be mean, but I really don't want to be. It's like this. Let's say you came up to me in a parking lot and you start talking to me about how it. No, 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 no. Let me remind this. Let's say, let's say I'm walking through the aisles of Walmart or something like that. And we walking past each other and we kind of make eye contact. I'm like, how you doing today? And you like, 
man, I've been having the worst day. But just the fact that you asked, that made me feel so much better. I was really, and then if you were about to like really start talking to me, like telling me all about your day and how much better I made you feel and stuff like that, I'm going to sit there and listen to you. But the whole time I'm going to be thinking, damn, I should have just shut the fuck up. Like I shouldn't have said anything. So it's not like I would rather you have went home and killed yourself. Like it's not that, but I didn't want to talk to you. I did. I, I cared how your day was. But I was hoping it was going well and you were just going to be like, great, how's yours? And I'd be like, fantastic. And I'd just keep walking. But no, now you're talking to me. And that happens to me all the time. Someone will just be close enough to me to speak. And that's some restaurant shit, by the way. There's a rule in the restaurants called the 510 rule. If someone's five feet away from you, you're supposed to verbally acknowledge them. If they're 10 feet away from you, then you just can kind of like wave at them or like you just kind of give them a moment to ensure that like, you know, they see that you see them or whatever. But... Y'all, it I do it in real life because I'm I'm at work so much. So I just I, if I'm close enough to someone, I usually speak. It killed me in the bar the other night. I walk into the bar, I'm sitting by myself enjoying my drink, uh, pouting about my birthday. In all truth and honesty, not but but not in a like super pouty way. Like just in a like, man, this was whack. Gibbs hand kind of thinking about what I'm gonna do next. Blah 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 blah. Whatever whatever. But I am by myself, and I'm on some a nigga by himself vibes. These people come order shots next to me. And when they're ordering the shots, uh, one of them says something to me about something. Like, I don't know what it was. It was something like, and I just, you know, responded. And we start having uh, kind of a light conversation at the bar while they're ordering their shots. Not really talking about nothing, whatever. Um. It's a girl and this dude who's obviously kind of trying to holler at her or whatever. So I'm not even trying to like be in a shit. Like, honestly, what it was is me being there kind of like eased the pressure on their situation for a second because it gave them someone to talk to, to talk to each other. But then like once that kind of wore off, I could tell homie was like trying to talk to her. But like he it wasn't even like, honestly, y'all, it's funny because I'm just perceptive. He would have kept talking to me for 15, 20 more minutes if I wanted to keep talking to them. But I could tell that, no, like, who he really wants to talk to is this girl. And now they comfort his right or whatever. So I'm going to kind of, like, disengage from this conversation a little bit. As that starts to happen, some other dude walks up who kind of knows that girl because she's at that bar a lot. And he's been there a few times. And he starts talking about all this dumb shit, yo. all this dumb shit like shit i do not give any fucks about just talking 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 he not making no sense he drunk like and not like rambling not making no sense just like a nigga who just want to talk but don't really got nothing to talk about so his story don't mean nothing and you just like bro i don't care i don't care and i'm just sitting there and i'm like yeah yeah and i'm like now you killing my vibe i was just enjoying myself by myself at the bar Nobody bothering me, just on some chill shit. And you are blowing my shit, like my dude. He keep fucking talking to me. So then, homie who was talking to the girl next to me earlier sees me from across the bar. And he like does something, like he walks over there, gestures. I I can't remember exactly what happened, but he saved your boy. And I was like, my nigga, I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you real for that shit? Whatever. He was like, yeah. He was like, I, I peeped that. I was saying, I peeped you was over there. My nigga was, was whatever. He was like, that nigga's something else. And I'm like, hell yeah, whatever, whatever. So I stand there and chop it up with dude for maybe like 60 seconds, minute and a half. The dude who was sitting where I was sitting moves. And I'm like, already my nigga will appreciate you. Dap homie up. And I go to sit back down because I'm like, again, y'all ain't my friends. It's because why don't people have the same courtesy I have? Like, because y'all aren't my friend group. Y'all are my friends. You did not invite me to come kick it with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was cool. We had a nice little quick conversation or whatever. But that it can just be that. Like, that's fine. Like, go do what y'all came here to do for tonight. And I'm going to go do what I came here to do for tonight. And we can leave here. The next time I walk in that bar, if I see them again, it'll be like, hey, what's up? Good to see y'all. And I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But like that nigga, he's the type of nigga who would like see them again, grab his drinking and go sit at their table like they've been boys. Like, no. We're not fucking friends. So, anyway, I go back to my spot at the bar or whatever. Cool. Order me another drink. I'm sitting there back in my zone. I'm kind of getting back or whatever. My dude walks back up, starts talking to me again. I look at the bartender. I'm like, hey, my man, can I get my check? Tab out. Go to the car. Had me a little piece of L in there. So, I'm like, man, smoke i'm like i didn't really want to go home yet you know what i'm saying like it's actually still like the eve of my birthday like my birthday or the the my birthday just ended a few hours ago i'm at a bar right i'm literally four minutes down the street from my house i'm not out out and about i'm by myself on some low-key shit right down the street from the crib slow sipping my drinks just chilling like i just want to have another drink and just enjoy the last little 20 30 minutes of my night so i go back in there Oh, buddy is gone. So I'm like, bet. I sit back at the same spot at the bar. And he's gone, gone now. So I sit back at the same spot at the bar. Bartender comes up. I'm like, let me get one more crown of cranberry. He's like, bet. Throws me my crown of cranberry. I'm sitting there drinking. And this other nigga walks up to me. And he doesn't walk up to me. He walks up to the bar, to the well. And he's ordering his shots or whatever. And... He asked me something. I don't know what he asked me. I don't know how we end up talking. But he's like, uh, asked me something. And I was like, oh, no, man. I was like, I just uh, I just walked back in here to have one more drink. I was like, I, I got ran off by a motherfucker who just was ready to tell me their life story a second ago. My nigga say, he looked me dead in my eyes and was like, but, bro, when you think about it, you might have saved that man's life. I'm like, What? He like, you might have saved that man's life, bruh. You never know what people going through, bruh. Like, that man might have just needed an ear for a second. You was just sitting here, whatever, whatever. You just never know. You could have saved that man's life. You can't be mad about that. Y'all, let me tell you something. I hate when a nigga write, bro. I hate when a motherfucker write when I'm trying to be irritated about something. Because at the end of the day, that drunk motherfucker was right. Probably not. But... In, but maybe you never know you could be that motherfucker who really impacts somebody that much and at the end of the day people are valuable in my opinion like I think all people are valuable like as humans like we intrinsically have so much value so much untapped potential we build on top of the people of our ancestors in a way that makes our cumulative experience and culture worth things to 
future generations that will never even meet us in a way, if you think about it that way. So it's dope to when you think about it that way, like, yeah, like, damn, like maybe it was like that for somebody. And if it was, then I would really love to be able to, you know, um, I guess facilitate that. So I left that night feeling better. Like, fuck it, man. He right. But I will say this. In a world where all the niggas who having a bad day want to tell me about it. I hope I done saved a lot of goddamn lives. That's all I'm saying. Because if y'all niggas, if you wasn't about to kill yourself or something, and just, nigga, if you was just a little sad, if y'all see me out in the streets and you not like super sad, it's like not going to save your life. You don't have to tell me. When I ask you how your day is, you could just be like, it's been better, but I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to be like, you are going to be okay. And then we could be done. We could still have our moment. We could still have our moment, but it could be shorter. Just if you're going to be okay, tell me you're going to be okay at the end. I will affirm to you that you're going to be okay. And I can keep going on about my day. If it's really that deep, then I guess you could talk to me about it. But it's like, damn, you don't have no friends and family. They care about you. They want to talk to you. Shit. Fuck. Why does it have to be me? I talk to people. Niggas want to talk to me about their problems. I'm going to tell them to subscribe to the podcast. I'm just, I'm going to just tell them to hit the podcast. I'm like, you want to hear me talk? Then you can listen to me talk for hours and hours and hours for free on Spotify. But they're not going to do that because they don't want to hear me talk. They want me to hear them talk. Yeah, and that's cool. I'm a good listener. Clearly, I'm a good listener. But, you know, as far as I'm like the. Oh, man, I can't think of somebody. What's somebody? I'm trying to think of somebody famous who, like, was really good at a sport, but they just did not love the game. That's me. I'm the that of listening. You know what I'm saying? I'm the Jamarcus Russell of listening. You know what I'm saying? I could throw the ball 80 yards. I had natural talent in this game, but I would much rather just sip lean and chill with my homies. Like... (laughs) Uh, anyway, y'all, that's all I got for today's episode. That's all I got. Oh, I got one last thing. I know I said it wasn't funny. And I know I said that I wasn't going to like indulge in the jokery surrounding this. But the Will Smith moment did make me think, what are some of the top slaps in, 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 in like modern pop culture history? You know what I'm saying? I've got. Nipsey Hussle slapping old buddy outside of the BET Awards. I've got Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I've got Ike and Tina, though controversial to have domestic violence depictions in my top slaps category. But I mean, objectively speaking, it, you know, it's up there. The the black community remembers this slap. That's all I'm saying. This is a slap to be remembered. And I can't think or no other memorable slaps. I need y'all. That y'all can comment that too. Throw, throw that in the comments if you can. Any of the things that we talked about. Any of the things. Put them in the fucking comments underneath this episode. Give me your give me your top slaps. Tell me how tough it is to be a woman. Tell me what you think about black trauma porn. Just tell us how much you like the podcast, man. You can do anything on that motherfucker, man. Just wild out in the comments. Participate in the polls. Leave five star reviews. I'll read them bitches out loud and shout you out. Subscribe for four ninety nine so you can get the bonus episodes. All of that shit, man. Subscribe to all the social medias. And most importantly, 
Check back with me on Thursday for a new episode. That's all I got for y'all for today. I will fuck with y'all. I love y'all. Peace. Yeah. Double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire, my mic check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself, it's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board, my nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab on it. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth. Billion. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Billion. Yeah, man, you not tuning in. There. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and